On this episode, Jack attempts to poison me with beef, and I confess my vendetta against a tree. Together, we discuss the division of labor in our home and adaptability in relationships. Disclaimer, we are not experts in any particular field. Nothing in this podcast should be taken as medical or legal advice. Welcome to the 9 o'clock, the podcast that just got a whole brand new tech set up, so this could go really poorly. <laughs> I'm Gwena Lakeland. I'm Jackson. So if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, you now see our beautiful faces and not our stupid short films anymore. Right. Um, you also see our brand new podcasting rig. Yay. And my lovely pajama pants. Yay. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. We have a button for that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Okay. So um, I recently returned from a week-long trip to Las Vegas, Nevada. Yeah, it seemed like you had a great time. I did. I had a fantastic time. I did a Disney curse off live with Sarah Hester Ross. Right. Um, depending on when you're listening to this, if it's pretty close to air date, you should be still be able to get the uh, the live show. Uh, we'll put a link in the show. If it's been more than a couple weeks from the original airing of this episode, you won't be able to find it anymore. But, right. you know, if, if you're a, a regular routine listener and you're listening to this episode fresh. Right. You can get that. But... I wanted to talk about the division of labor in our household because for a week you were Mr. Mom, Mr. Dad. So you for chauffeur, chauffeur, chauffeur. That's the word I was looking for. (laughs) Deluxe. Yeah. Yeah. You had, uh, you had asked me to think about this over the weekend and then you got sick. I did. I got a stomach (laughs) flu almost immediately upon returning from, uh, my trip. Yeah. So, so there was an extra day ish, day and a half in there. Yeah. Um. So yeah, prior to the trip, I uh, I was trying to get all my ducks in the row and uh, trying to you know organize and figure out like how dinner schedules and stuff like that were going to look like, sure. and you know make time to go to the park, make time to you know obviously for the eldest uh, school and stuff like that, extracurriculars, right? Stuff. And oddly, it's stuff I already do anyway. Yeah, but when but you're when you're forced to be solo about it, it makes you reprioritize how you think about it. Right, yeah. like you're you're fully aware that we have to go get Abby from practice at a specific time. We've got to get right. her to scrimmages at a different time. But like, there is a backup person that, if for whatever reason a single thing slips your mind, chances are pretty great the other partner is going to be like, "Hey, remember, there's a scrimmage on Monday." Yes, well, and to a certain degree, you still did that. I mean, we talked every night. Yeah, we we talked every night. So there were, every now and then you'd be like, oh, yeah, do you remember Abby's thing? Right. Yes, I remember it. Yeah, the, whatever. the the boy child has speech therapy. Right. 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 So it wasn't that you were completely solo, but there is that that kind of feeling of isolation. I would yeah. get that when you were working and I'd have to go to, because, you know, when, when babies are, are baby babies. Right. There's endless appointments every two, three months. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, they want to make sure you're not failing. Uh, and <laughs> that's not what those are for. Them. That's that's not what those are for. <laughs> um, that's how I felt. I said, are they dead yet? All right, good job. Yeah. You have succeeded. Um, yeah, but but what what it caused me to do cuz I did quite a bit of planning in advance. I not only what did I have to plan for my being unable to film in my normal environment right. to be able to plan content because, you know, we we had a lot of things going while we were in Vegas. Um, I wanted to make sure that I was setting you guys up for success. And I don't know why I felt like you couldn't do that because I know full well that you can. If I had left with just enough notice, like I'm going for a week, 
you're on your own, bud. You would not have like you would have been fine. Yeah. And yet still I planned out a menu and I, I even cooked stuff the day I left so you could have food that evening and the following day in the form of leftovers. I went out and I have grocery shops and I told you where everything was. You know where everything is. You know where every you know where the lasagna is kept. The lasagna can only exist in one space unless it is actively being cooked or eaten. Yeah. And yet I still had to okay, in the freezer there's a lasagna right. <laughs> you're a grown man. Just who in can case read. you don't notice it when you're looking through the freezer for food to eat. Right, yeah. right. Like there's a lasagna right here. This is this is what you get to make. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I felt the need I, was that mom shame? No, I don't think that's the case. So I think there's two factors here. One is you were a single mom for some time. I was. And so that is ingrained. Yeah. And it's always going to be there. And I'm, I'm aware of this. Uh-huh. I'm fine with it. <laughs> um, two is it's really the first time that you've had to step away from the household for a significant amount of time. Yeah. Since leave the everything unattended. Yeah. Now I had traveled for work before with Abby when Abby was little, Mm -hmm. but I don't think I ever traveled for work for anything longer than like a single day trip. Like I was back late, but I was back in the same 24 hour span that I left. Even after we got together, I think this is the first work trip. This is the first trip I had taken without at least some of you. I think that's fair to say it's, it's the first real work trip. Well, I mean, anytime you left before for Mm -hmm. a work trip, you were still in the same state. Yeah. As far most as I remember. The time. You- and there was one time in 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 the before times, um, I traveled to Seattle with my mom and the littles. Right. And I left you and Abby here. Yeah. But then I still took like the biggest workloads with me. <laughs> like I love my kids, but their work. <laughs> I still took yeah. the two biggest workloads in the household with me. So I I I had the struggle of taking care of a teenager at that time. Oh, close to a teenager. no. Yeah. A teenager <laughs> who even at that time could be like, um, go make yourself something for dinner. Okay. She'd make herself a bowl of ramen. Yeah. Speaking of which, she's gotten way more proficient in the, in the kitchen than I realized. Yeah. Well, because she helped with uh, meal prep a few mm-hmm. times and I thought I was going to have to uh, like handhold. supervise. Yeah. yeah. Nope. Nope. She had, I mean, yeah, she was on top of it. Yeah. And- not like pre-planned stuff either. She just kind of perused the kitchen real quick and she's like, oh, I know what I'm making. Okay, great. <laughs> Good job to you. Now, to be clear, I don't travel a whole lot. Um, obviously, this is the first time I've had to travel since we've been together for over a decade. Significantly, yeah. Um, but it's important to note what how we actually lay out the division of labor in the house. That, and that has changed recently. We're just now starting to find a new routine. So you left your out of the house job in October came to work for a pleasant peasant. And as a result, since that that's a business that we own and exists in this house, at yeah. this address specifically. Right. Um, it also means that when you were working, we made the conscious effort. We made the conscious choice that the majority of the household chores uh, would be mine to bear. Right. At the time. Yes. To, I mean, we we did still divide labor to a certain degree. Right. As far as responsibilities. A, it wasn't a straight kids. down the middle divide. Right. Like right. I handled all the laundry. I handled a bulk of the cleaning. Um, I handled 
uh, all of the cooking, mm-hmm. all of the shopping, all of the the scheduling and making sure that kids got to grandparents at a timely manner and activities like that was all me because at the time you were working as a diesel mechanic an hour away from where we live. So you had a cumulative two hour commute. Yeah. Plus a very physical job and you were earning the lion's share of the money. Um, which money was not important as far as how the division of labor broke out, but like that, that's why you were going away and doing the work that you were doing. Cause that's how we were paying the bills. Right. Right. Um, so it made sense to us. And this is not an arrangement that I, I think would work for every household. It made sense to us that I would be the Susie homemaker type and, and take care of all of that. And then I was like, this isn't enough on my plate. I should do more. <laughs> And so I started Mama Cusses first on Medium and then it moved to social media. And now there's the nine o'clock podcast and the YouTube. Yeah. Um, which, hi, YouTube. Um, if you don't watch us on YouTube, you should watch us on YouTube. Check out Pleasant Peasant Media. Um, <laughs> shameless plug. That's, I wouldn't call it shameless. <laughs> uh, shameful then? A shameful plug? Is that the same? Is that the opposite? Um, but when you stopped working out of the house, um, you, we, we decided it was important that we broke out the chores differently Mm -hmm. because part of the reason you left was to support everything that I had ended up doing, (laughs) like through various means, I started earning enough money to support us without you having to go break your body in half on the regular um turning wrenches well and honestly it's the appeal for me here's what i'll say and and i I think there's some people out there that will maybe sympathize with this a little bit there is something nice when you have the kind of job where you're not necessarily out in the elements right i wasn't getting constantly rained on or constantly snowed on but it was somewhat outdoors, like open mm-hmm. bay doors. So I got, you know, sunlight every day. I get a fresh breeze. Yeah. Um, I also had the kind of job where once I took a, a work order, I was then sent off to do the job. Right. And I didn't have somebody breathing down my neck the whole time. Yeah. I'm not saying that's the case here, <laughs> but I'm just saying that, that there is, there is something appealing about knowing you're doing a job. Yeah. And and having having that responsibility knowing it's up to you right and you don't have somebody like checking over your shoulder just to make sure it's being done right too uh-huh. um and that can be in many different fields but that was that was a bit of a transition for me then into this kind of work where now I'm I'm essentially my own boss i mean we we're we're i wouldn't say we're co-owners but we are, but yeah. you're, you're still the brains behind the operation. And a right. lot of what I do is, is things that you come up with that you need me to work on back end stuff. Right. Right. <laughs> what was appealing to me was a lot of this kind of stuff was stuff I was already interested in, like the podcast, like the stuff. podcasting yeah. stuff, right? The tech, the tech and stuff behind it. Like, you know, I'm a techie. Yeah. He's, um, he's a massive audiophile. Yeah. So this was a lot of fun. And then, and then recording music and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So. It took a little bit for me to find my feet, but now that I'm there. Right. But as far as when I say division of labor, I don't mean division of labor in the company. Oh, <laughs> I, I get that. I'm just saying, I guess what I'm getting at is uh, like, th- 
what, what I'm trying to compare to was what the division of labor looked like before to what it looks like now. And I guess I kind of got sidetracked talking about what I enjoy about what I'm doing now. Right. But it does make the division of labor easier to manage now, too. Right. I, I'm not broken at the end of every day. Like, I'm not coming home so worn out I can barely stand. Right. And my feet feel like stumps. Right. Now um, you're complaining that there's not enough time in the day to do the projects that you want to do. Which, which that'll change soon too anyway. Right. Because I mean, the littles will be going to school right. in August. And so there'll, there'll be lots of time, like, like the, the, the big projects I've been wanting to do around the house, that right. stuff gets to get done now. Right. And I, I don't have to worry about putting it off. Right. And still maintain what I'm doing for the business too. Right. So we, we completely redid how the chores work. We completely yeah. redid the household responsibilities. Um, I... Here, here's part of our problem as a couple specifically. We both hate laundry with the passion <laughs> of a thousand burning suns. I think I hate laundry worse than dishes, but dishes is up there with me too. See, but we have a teenager for the dishes. That's true. She does do a lot of the dishes. She, she does a lot of the dishes. It's, it's her one strong household chore. Now she is requested to ask, or she, she's requested to ask. She is, she is asked to do a few other things from time to time. Right. But the one expected chore that she does on the regular is the dishes. I honestly think she feels like she enjoys the contribution. I yeah, genuinely do. I don't think she likes doing the dishes, but I, I do. She is the type of person who, who needs to feel a part of the community. She's, right. she's very socially driven. Yeah. And so be, by being able to, contribute to the community in which case our community is just our family and our household like that is fulfilling to her it took her yeah. some time to get there by the yeah. way <laughs> yeah i don't know why this just occurred to me as you were saying it, but i'm like you know i haven't had to check up on her dish 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 doing skills yeah in forever it no, feels like no she she's done so much i mean because kids being kids like she she would go as fast as she possibly could yeah. path of least resistance yeah and we'd pull a it's plate a out that like still is that an actual whole piece of macaroni? <laughs> How does she miss an entire piece of macaroni still stuck to the plate? And yeah, she's gotten so much better. Yeah. Um. I. I don't. I don't I don't see any problems with with how she does the dishes or, or the the workflow that she has developed. It's it's fine. It's working. Um, the dishes get clean on the regular and they don't pile up. That's right. enough. We're good. <laughs> but as far as laundry, I I do my little happy dance, my little my little jig, because I don't have to do the kids laundry anymore. That ended up on your plate. <laughs> and, and this this is one of those things. I think it's my hyper fixation thing. Uh because you you had traditionally done that, and then I don't know what changed. You didn't ask me to do it. Yeah, you just, just started doing it. I saw that the kids' laundry needed to be done, and you had a really super like heavy workload on one particular day. I don't remember when or what was going on, but uh, that I remember. And so I was just like, eh, it needs to get done. Right. So I go in there and do it, and then I find myself folding it and then putting it away neatly. And I was like, huh. This kind of like kind of like the yard mowing thing for me. Yeah, yard mowing is one of the things that's always been on your plate mm -hmm. that you just find cathartic. Yeah, there I don't know why. They're, just throw some headphones on and get lost in the music while you're mowing. You're outdoors, you're getting sunlight. I don't know why that's cathartic for me, but it is. It just feels good. But yeah, it kind of ended up being the same thing with the with the kids' with laundry. The kids stuff, you yeah. don't mind? See, I always despised it. All those I know. tiny little all the clothes. tiny socks and stuff. Yeah, I okay. It just does, I don't know why it doesn't bother me. And the kids playing around me also doesn't bother me while I'm doing it. Yeah, I guess I kind of get to keep an eye on them while I'm putting their laundry away. Right, because they're helping. Yeah, their <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, okay. kicking me in the knees. Yeah. Yeah. And we're back. Thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. I worked uh... really hard on that like six weeks ago. Because <laughs> um, it wasn't pre-recorded. That was me totally talking right, right. then. In fact, I want to say uh, we should have an episode coming out again in the near future. That is another one. That's uh, another build your own episode. Yep. Yeah. Um. So anyway. So uh, yeah. So you started doing the kid laundry. I never gave up the cooking. Right. I don't think that was ever in the cards to give up the cooking. No, I don't think it was either. <laughs> well, and here's the thing. Cooking for me is self-care. And I know self-care is one of those buzzwords, especially in the parenting community, but really in in the framework of adulthood, you have to take care of yourself. You know, you can't pour from an empty cup, all, all of those cliches. Yeah. But cooking really is self-care. I really enjoy spending time in the kitchen. I enjoy chopping vegetables and getting stuff ready and making sure that everything's all lined up so I can flow smoothly. In fact, when we were first dating, one of the things that amazed you the first time I cooked for you was that everything landed on the table at the exact same time. Yes. <laughs> you even taught me a name for how to get there. Mise en place. Yes. Yep. The the prep, the pre-prep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everything yep. in its place. Yeah. Uh, I was astounded by that because I, I still am, I guess, to a degree. But at the time, I was just a fish out of water and uh, I was manic yeah. in the kitchen. Yeah. Like I, I, I you, yeah. you cooked for me one time, just the once. Um, that was on purpose. Um, so a couple things happened with that. Um, first you put the chicken in to cook cause you made me a wine marinated chicken, which was, which was fine. It was very tasty. Um, not necessarily how I would make it, but it was fine. It was, it was sweet that you were cooking for me. And then once the chicken was done, then you prepared the rice. And then once the rice was done, then you prepared the vegetables. And in the so by the time you get it, it's part of it's cold. Part, part of it's cold. Hot. Part of it's tepid. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thanks. And then the other thing that happened is at the same time with the same bottle of wine, you had, I'm throwing you under this bus. I yeah. need you to brace yourself. Okay. okay. Um, at the same time with the same bottle of wine, you marinated chicken and steak and you weren't sure what it was to age a steak because you had put the steaks in a couple days before you put the chicken in to marinate because you just don't you you explained to me that you didn't need that much time soaking in the wine to to get the good wine flavor all the way through the chicken okay well I mean, it's really acidic so no you don't really need to marinate chicken very long right most of the time um but you showed me the steaks that you were going to make a couple times and i was like um are they supposed to be shiny and green? Oh, yeah. No, that was the flavor. No, babe, that is not how that works. Those are steaks that have gone bad. How I had never gotten sick before then. I from don't that. know. I must have I must have cooked them like on the cusp. I don't or know. That or I had an iron stomach. I, you, you don't. I know for a fact that you don't. I don't anymore. I did it one time. I guess you did, but my God, I, I, I politely, because we had not been dating very long. We'd kind of no. gotten over the newness hump by then, but like we were still pretty fresh. I don't even think the, the marriage talk had started and that started pretty early in our relationship, like talking months, about, yeah. are we getting married? Like, is this the direction this is headed? Right. Is this something we're both interested? Yeah, I remember that. But, but this was before that we had gone Facebook official, but we hadn't started throwing around the M word yet. And I politely refused to to eat those steaks and <laughs> greatly encouraged you to do the same. I, I don't. Did you take my advice? Did you eat those steaks? I think I did eat those steaks. Oh, actually, God, yeah. dude. <laughs> yep. 
I didn't get sick from him. Okay, great. Thanks. Awesome. Anyway, so yeah, Jackson doesn't cook. Not normally, no. (laughs) But, and and it's not because he one time tried to convince me to eat rotting steaks. (laughs) It's, it really is because for me, cooking is self-care. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you could say it started as a hobby. And then it, became an enthusiasm. No, here's the thing is for me, it started the other way around. Oh, really? Yeah. It started as a necessity. I learned, it, I learned to cook because when I was married to my first husband, I, I didn't cook. I prepared food and that's different. Like there was a lot of those freezer bag meals and stuff that was just kind of dump and go hamburger helper, tuna helper. Like I could prepare those things, but I couldn't cook and certainly not from scratch. Yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> Uh, during break i took a drink and i i am regretting that decision how dare i hydrate sorry folks if you could see that a bird flew and hit her (laughs) yeah just out of nowhere inside our living room um so yeah no i i learned to cook because i was all of a sudden a single parent who could no longer afford the pricier meal in a bag stuff yeah and then i yep. discovered that i really liked it and then it became like a personal challenge can i learn how to do these things can can i gather the ingredients and, and make this can i make this really super fancy dish on my not super fancy budget right yeah my uh my enjoyment of cooking was so much before we met that uh and i think i told you that my meal of choice for uh, a work night mm-hmm. was uh, prepackaged fajita meat. Uh, yeah, on a bed of rice. Yep, and it was the uh, Insta rice. The yeah, um, a bag a of bag. mixed vegetables, mm-hmm. some cheddar cheese. So tasty. Cheese, yeah, yeah. I don't think I had any salt in there, but who needs salt when you have that much sodium, right? <laughs> um, That's, <laughs> I tried it once because you <laughs> you, you did you made it to go to work and this is shortly after we moved in together and like you you brought the stuff from your refrigerator to the apartment that we were now sharing and so you're like i'm just i'm just gonna make this for lunch i was like oh okay and like you kind of described it to me but i didn't really get the level of white boy cooking that you were employing at that time (laughs) the way to think of it is a i was a bachelor i had no other mouths to feed right um as far as my work food Mm-hmm. Because I worked on trash trucks, yeah. Uh, I wanted, I I genuinely wanted something that was just sustenance. I wanted to try and hit as many of the food groups as I could in one bite. That was Pretty impressive. Much. Yeah. Oh, it was disgusting. So I, I just took a little bit of every food group and mixed it together. Now, true story. After I've been cooking for you for over a decade now, um, could you eat that again for sustenance? I mean, if I was starving, yes. Um, <laughs> Would you willingly choose to eat that if I, if for whatever reason you returned to the workforce and I was no longer preparing your lunches? No, I just prepare better lunches. <laughs> okay, good. The The good. truth is, is having lived with you for the last nine years. My work years, here is done. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I have learned a thing or two from you in the kitchen. Right. I, I've watched your uh, cooking videos on uh, the various <laughs> social On various media platforms, yeah. yeah. So... I, no, I, in fact, uh, I think for Mother's Day, was it last year? I uh, I cooked you a meal. I cooked you Swedish meatballs. You did cook me Swedish meatballs. It was from your recipe. It was from my recipe. But I still had to prepare it and do it all myself. You only had to ask me 32 questions while cooking it. No, I did not. You're lying. <laughs> well, and one of the things that I know that fascinated you when we first started dating was my ability to get everything on the table at the exact same time at the perfect temperature. Mm-hmm. 
um, because you could not do that. Right. No, I couldn't. No, it's a, it was a hot mess. I think the thing that fascinated you actually got it in my head to look into it was baking. And I did yeah. that for a while. Right. And I was for, for literally having no baking skill or really even uh-huh. any kitchen skill. I don't think I was bad at it. If you, I had given myself really, more time. Yeah, you, you really weren't. I mean, I, I granted, I, I jumped straight into an Alton Brown recipe. Right. For, for those of you who don't cook, Alton Brown has really excellent recipes. Um, he is one of my favorite cooks and chefs and food educators. Um, but his, his recipes can be a little technical. His recipes can be a little technical. Yeah. And so one of the very first things you decided to make was banana pudding all the way from scratch. Yep. And we still, to this day, the whole family refer to it as banana soup. <laughs> now, here's the thing. I will give myself credit. I erred on one step. The and, rest of it turned out great. And for making a pudding, step. it was the hardest, most critical step. Like, it was the one thing you could not flub. And you tried so hard to get it correct. I, I mean, did. you had the candy just, thermometer out. I, f- I fundamentally did not understand what was happening there, right. which, was a, which was a problem doing a recipe. And you warned me ahead of time. I did. I did try to warn you. I was but, like, maybe this isn't. Now, you did. You made vanilla wafers from scratch. And, and those turned out, turned out fantastic. Yeah, they did. The flavor of the banana soup was fantastic. But <laughs> when you're making pudding from scratch, you have to boil it to a very specific temperature for right. a very specific amount of time. So it will set as pudding yes you did not accomplish did that not, no it never actually set <laughs> it never set yeah. so it was very tasty banana soup yeah. um but you tried really hard and that's what's important and i'm proud of you <laughs> yeah it will and you you did tell me after that you were like look if you're gonna do baking let's start at some basics and then work your way up from there right let's go so benny crocker first <laughs> right right uh, yeah did the cookies and i admittedly i never did the made from scratch cookies um they're they're not hard you should no they're not i could do them now you could do them now right because you did in fact you used to work at a pizza 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 yeah that's not that's a two-syllable word that i could not say i worked for a legit 80s and 90s stoner who started a pizza restaurant yes. and came up with his own recipes and let me tell you the best pizza i've ever had was by that guy yep and he was a cultured guy i mean he was from he he had lived in many different places including italy Yes. Yeah. I want to say he was Italian, actually. Was he? Yes. I, I like truly believe that's the case. I can't say his name on air, but. Right. I, um, I never met the guy. So. Yeah, like he lived in New York. He lived in Chicago and, and had sampled pizza for some reason was like his dream. Yeah. And, and he got there. So weirdly, you can't make banana pudding, but you can make. I can a, toss an awesome pizza. You can toss an awesome pizza. <laughs> um, and you made cinnamon rolls because cinnamon roll cinnamon dough rolls, yeah. and pizza, pizza dough are not that different a right. little bit different in, in yeah. the stuff that goes in it but it, it's it's really it's very similar it's a, it's a quick rise dough yeah. this is not a cooking podcast <laughs> ladies gentlemen and others <laughs> right. um this is sorry <laughs> it's okay i think people are just along for the ride i think so too so yeah uh division of labor look at that excellent segue you're back into segue. The- <laughs> you're the queen of segues <laughs> so um yeah we still evenly divide how many times we vacuum and mop the floor because yeah. honestly in our house full of children and activity, we, um, judge us if you need to, we only sweep and mop when it needs it, <laughs> when something has been spilled or like we step on a, on a or you, spot where we can just like visibly see, visibly it. see the dirt, yeah. <laughs> walk in and after and we know it's been like three days and we're like, Oh, 
Oh, three days is it's, don't lie to the people. We go a lot longer than three days. Sometimes. Well, <laughs> sometimes that um, that that wet mop does or the uh, the steam mop does get steam used a mop lot. Sees a lot of action because yeah. of the kids and the dogs. It's mostly in yeah. this area. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where if you're watching on YouTube, this area right here stays really clean because this is where the kids exist. <laughs> um. Yeah, we still evenly divide that because, again, we do it kind of as needed. Now, because we have two dogs and three children and both of us are kind of accident prone and good at spilling stuff, uh, that happens, I think, regularly enough to stay sanitized. Yeah, it does. But it's not something that happens like on purpose. Today is mop day. It's no, today Jack spilled milk, so Jack's going to mop the floor. <laughs> today, Gwenna dumped cake upside down, so Gwenna's going to mop the floor. <laughs> Yeah, that's how we divide that is he who makes the mess cleans the mess. Well, and and I have uh, I I have taken on the extra task uh, more recently of vacuuming, not just the floor, but like vacuuming up high, getting the yeah. fans. That's well. And again, but again, that is a motive of necessity because the boy child is allergic to everything. Everything. Uh, yes. Well, it's, yeah, especially when it comes to. He's like got all the hay fevers. He he's the got a series of sensitivities and food allergies. He's a mess. And we're not even sure who he got that from because neither of us, we have hay fever because we live in Oklahoma. And I don't mm. think I've ever met a native Oklahoman who isn't allergic to Oklahoma. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but um, cottonwood trees, cottonwood, dogwood trees. Which reminds me, it's March as we record this. Your allergies are soon. about to get yep. awful. Yeah. And the dead dog tree is going to bloom. So... <laughs> In Oklahoma, better explain that. In Oklahoma, we have these trees called Bradford pears, and they're very pretty trees to look at. They naturally grow in this very roundy shape. In the springtime, they have these beautiful white blooms that come out, and the whole tree looks like a big fluffy snowball that smells like dead dog. Like that's just what a Bradford pear smells like. It smells like rotting flesh. I'm so sorry uh, for those of you who are triggered by such descriptions, but like one is right next door to me. I have to live with it. And for about two weeks, the whole state smells like a dump. It's awful. Um, I, I, I don't know if it is an invasive species, but I do know it was brought here by morons who thought they looked pretty. And we're like, we're willing to ignore the dead dog smell for... They probably thought it was something else. Yeah. Like the smell was coming from somewhere else. It possibly be the yeah. tree. I cannot stand Bradford pears, and our yeah. neighbor has one. And uh, there's a meme that goes around Instagram that says, uh, if uh, you know you're an adult when you dream of something bad happening to your neighbor's tree... That it's, <laughs> I felt personally attacked by that yeah. one. Now, our neighbors are lovely people, and our kids play with their kids. They didn't plant that tree. They bought the house with the tree already there. Yeah. Uh, so it is not my neighbor's fault that I cannot stand their tree, but I cannot stand their tree. That's... And if you're listening to it, I'll go have these on cutting it down if you're sick of it, too. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm, I'm putting that out there. Just come over and talk to me. I wouldn't mind more grass over there too in that one spot. <laughs> of our yard. That's where the shade burns it off. Um, okay. That was that was that was a weird, very personal that was a very personal moment for us. A vendetta is what that was. <laughs> Against the tree, not the people. Don't call it that. <laughs> the tree's gonna fall down this storm season and I'm gonna get in trouble. Yeah, because it'll fall on our uh, garage. It'll fall on our yeah. garage. Um <laughs> Yeah, as far as uh, as far as dividing the labor up. Now, you had uh, you had previously worked on planting. 
Yes, gardening. I, I did the gardening and we did make the decision this year that we're ripping all of the beds out um, until some future date because it is, I don't like the outside. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm a good little vampire. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, I don't like the outside. I don't like outside things. Um, so we, we did make the decision that this year we're going to rip out all of the beds uh, because we're not trying to sell the house at any point. We're not worried about curb appeal. Right. We're going to maintain the yard and, and grow the grass back up to it. And, and we'll put the proper barriers to, to protect the house itself from, you know, roots and stuff. Frankly, I just want to maximize the play space. Right. I mean, we only have a couple more years of that anyway. Right. So really, but before they're, they're not interested in playing yeah. outside yeah. recreationally. Yep. Yep. So yeah, we're, we're going to rip those out. Um, there's going to be some cactuses on the porch. That'll be nice. Oh, are you going to keep some? Yeah, I'm going to keep some of the cactuses. Okay. I'm just not going to, I tried an experiment and tried to plant some of the hardier cactuses and, and where we live in the, in the temperate zones, in the gardening zones. Um, I, I thought a few of them had a chance and then we had a very rough, wet winter that did none of them any favors. Yeah, and we had so, some weird extreme moments, uh, we, even this year. Yeah. Like it, it wasn't, it wasn't as bad as last year's with the, uh, Texas freeze, but right. Right. We, we actually were a part of, to, um, to some extent, to some, I mean, yeah. Our power grid didn't fail, but <laughs> no, no, but I, we're also a little more used to that kind of stuff coming just, through the neighborhood. Just slightly. But um, cactuses, however, are not. Are not. They're that. not good for that. So I lost all the cactuses that I'd put in the ground last year and I just decided I'm not going to try again. I'm not even going to, we're going to rip the whole things out and that gets to be you. So. <laughs> well, I guess I'm the plant destroyer in the house anyway. No, wait, <laughs> that's not true. That's why they're all plastic. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fair okay so i went through a plant mom phase just like the rest of us in the pandemic and i killed all of them but i really liked the aesthetic so i made them all plastic it's darth flora over here oh she's my here god when, when she puts on her green hoodie shut up when she's not feeling well she sits over and it's just hanging down you know what Even her daughter made you know a comment. what shut up <laughs> And welcome back to the nine o'clock, the podcast that is just attacking Gwenna personally now. Darth Flora. I liked it. I thought it was funny. It was, it was funny. I'm mad I didn't come up with it. <laughs> That's an effective form of communication for a podcaster is mumbling into the microphone. Everyone out there got it, though. I'm like, yeah, I do that, too. So, yeah, um, I feel like we... Here's here's what here's the non takeaway from this whole episode is for most of this, aside from what we conscientiously chose when you were still working, uh-huh. the rest of it we actually haven't uh discussed at all. It just sort of fell away from my plate and onto yours <laughs> without any of us ever like, hey, uh, you know what would really help? Um, if you could take over doing the laundry. Now, we did discuss one decision. In that when you stopped working, we started using two separate laundry hampers. Yeah. And yep. you do your own laundry. I do my own laundry. Abby does her own laundry. The only one that was just nebulous in the in the realm of laundry was the kids. The little ones, yeah. And and you you took that one over. Yeah. Yeah. So and honestly, they are getting closer to being able to have more of a hand in the doing of their own laundry. 
Yes. I mean, well, and they come in and help me with the laundry in general. Like they help right. me put it into the washer and then move it to the dryer. And they're, they're three, so they're very yeah. excited at the idea of helping mom and dad. Yeah. Little do they know that is quickly going to become one of their own. I don't like the word chores. I, I've started to stray away from the chores, but one of their own responsibilities. Yeah. So Abby's personally looking forward to them getting old enough to do the dishes. They currently do the silverware. That is one of their responsibilities. When she does dishes during the daytime and they're awake, their responsibility is to put away all the silverware. Oh, and put it in the drawers? They put it in the drawers. Okay. I didn't realize that. But she most of the time does dishes before she leaves for school. Yeah. So it's not so the, the kids aren't up. Um, which all of that is about to, now that we've comfortably got the division of labor all kind of sorted out, the kids start school in August and it all changes. Yeah. Again. Again. Yep. Um, that's going to come quick too. I think that's the nature of relationships and parenting I though. I think, th- I th- you know what? That's the trick. Good communication and adaptability. Adaptability. Yeah. I think that's the overlooked trick to maintaining your relationship while not messing up your kids. Don't, 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 don't be a stick in the mud. Uh, Try to become adaptable. Yeah. Be a reed in the mud. <laughs> reed. <laughs> I don't know why that popped into my head. Um, but yeah, I mean, communication, everyone talks about communication, but I don't think I learned this with the littles is everyone was talking about routine, routine, routine. And the minute I'd finally establish a routine, the little mother would manage to grow out of that phase where they no longer needed that. And so I would have to find a new routine. Like I just got this routine down and now you don't need three naps a day. My favorite one right now that they just snuck up on us is they figured out how to change their own clothes. They have. And that's, it's a bit of a mixed blessing because on one hand we can now just tell them, well, go change clothes. Right. They can even change their, uh, their diapers because they still wear pull-ups at the moment. We're so close to body training. Um, so that's, that's like a very hands-off experience. But it's also a very hands-off experience when we would prefer just to get them dressed. Um, the boy child took, what, like seven minutes to get his pajamas on tonight? Specifically his shirt. His shirt, right. Like, that was funny. He and that shirt got into a fight. And I asked him several times, do you need help? No. <laughs> do you need help? No. Do you need help? No. I mean, he was, he was, he was not losing his patience with it. He was not losing his temper with it. Um, I was losing patience with he was, it. He was losing patience with you with asking me asking, do you need help? No. He pushed you away. It's like, I got it. Sorry. <laughs> with his elbow sticking out. Yeah. Like uh, it's on upside down. No. Okay. <laughs> he did figure it out without yeah. my intervention. So like they can get themselves dressed. They can more or less put together outfits, which also means that going out in public is going to be way more interesting. It's the roller skates from Bluey. It is. That's what, exactly what it was. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we haven't tied back to that enough times. No, absolutely not. No, <laughs> we we now have two required references per episode. <laughs> um, we have to reference something from Bluey. I'm very excited for season three to eventually come out in the United States. Right. Yeah, me too. And we have to make fun of Jeffrey Bezos, which I don't think we have made fun we of. We have Jeffrey not Bezos. successfully done that today. Do you have anything? He I, He is launching his space penis. The second one? This, uh, well, I, I don't think he has two space peni. I Does think he, he just, just has the one. I think he just has the one space penis, but he's launching it. And um, I, I found it fascinating. Of the billionaires in the world, 
in the state of the world as it exists right now, there are two types. There is the Jeffrey Bezos, who's going to launch his space penis with Pete Davidson in it uh, next week as we record this. And there's Elon Musk, who challenged Vladimir Putin to a duel. Yes. So on that note. That's it. That's it. We're going to (laughs) go. There's no more commentary on that. That's just the. That's just the report. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. This has been a production of Pleasant Peasant Media. For questions, suggestions, or professions of adoration, email info at pleasantpeasantmedia.com. If you'd like to be a sponsor of the 9 o'clock or be a guest on the show, please email jackson at pleasantpeasantmedia.com. The intro and outro song is Rock a Beat, written, recorded, and produced by Jackson Lakeland. All rights reserved.